Yeah, uh, I tell them welcome to the gray area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check? Just keep it real rap and don't gossip with the facts, yeah. This is the gray area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! For chapter 10 of the gray area entitled The League Office, I had to bring back the voice of Above the Rim to talk a little NBA with me. Justin Lee, welcome back to the gray area. My dude, I appreciate the invite, my brother. Most definitely. You know, throughout this calendar year, I believe that you have established yourself as a source for basketball, whether college or NBA, through your avenue that is above the rim. And on the gray area, I just can't talk basketball with anybody. So everybody can't come up. Everybody here. can't come up here anymore to talk ball. It's not just. It's gonna be maybe one or two other people talking basketball. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I appreciate that. First week of the NBA in the books. Probably the most action-packed, the most newsworthy first week in years. Word. A lot of injuries. A lot. A lot of action-packed games. Shout out to the to the league pass free week preview for those who don't have league pass. Yo, I y'all might purchase, be missing out. I did purchase it. You by purchased the way. it. I, I, I purchased it. That's not a surprise. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The quality of basketball. You know, so far, believe it or not, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm going to talk about that a little later, but I want to throw that to you off the rip. I like what I'm seeing so far throughout the first week. I agree. But on a somber note, Gordon Hayward, ankle damn near almost fell off. Oh, that was an ouch, man. Yo, bro. Um, your man, Chris Paul, knee yeah. injury. Yeah, near and dear to my heart. His replacement in <laughs> L.A. got injured. Yep. Markel Fultz, shoulder problems. What do you think the, the, the cause of these issues, of these injury issues are? Like, is it is it something to that or is it just random? I mean, I was talking about this on my last episode as well. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I could think of was that because of the shortened preseason, right. the shortened training right. camp, that maybe, I guess, Adam Silver, whoever the powers that may be, mm-hmm. didn't give him enough time to prepare mm-hmm. or condition themselves as they normally would do. But then again, I say that to say this. They are NBA players at the end of the day. This is true. And you should be in shape throughout the summer. Throughout the summer. This is true. So I still feel like there's no excuse for them to not be in shape. But if I had to pick a reason, I would that. say maybe it would have to do the short and training camp, short and preseason. I was thinking the same thing. I believe that, you know, most high-level athletes, they're creatures of habit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They, they have a routine, even down to the offseason, in preparation for the season. And being that it's been truncated, I think this has something to do. Because to me... You can't say it's random or all, outside of Gordon's injury. Yeah. That right there, outside totally that. random. But True. all these soft tissue injuries seems like athletes who weren't necessarily prepared yeah. fully for the regular season. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I agree. But I think being that the season is longer, it started like October 17th, and yeah. this is going until June. Very early I, this yeah, year. Yeah, very early. I believe that maybe these injuries won't hurt as much because there's more time in between games. It's, it's an actually a longer season, even yeah. though it's the same amount of games. So I'm not too concerned yet, but it's something to keep your eye on, you know? I agree. I 100% agree. So do you think Jeremy Lin's injury was a lack of conditioning or Jeremy preparation Lin. or a freaky accident? 
you know what? When you when you blow your patella, bro, that tendon, being a Giants fan and seeing what happened to Victor Cruz, it's something random about that. Yeah. Cruz was in the end zone. He ran his route. Next thing you know, he was on the ground crying. Yeah, it's just how you come down. Yeah, like, it's an awkward land. Yeah, I feel like that wasn't a freak accident. Yeah. That because it was a routine layup. Usually it is kind of ultra-aggressive going mm -hmm. to the rim like that. So... It was all really all about you know, how if he you came think about down. it. Even since his insanity days, yeah, he's very reckless. Yeah, going very to the reckless rim, yes. going to the rim. I so agree. it's like when you when your body's not in balance, yeah, you're due for a funky landing That's at some true. point. That's true. The fact that he made it this long without something crazy happening yeah. was a blessing. And that type of injury could yeah. easily happen and happen to a lot of people. Exactly, that could easily happen to Russell. The way he drives to the rim. Yes, he had many close encounters. And Look stuff at that. Like how that. much times he tore his meniscus or some kind of knee problem. Exactly. You know what I mean? When Shout you, out to Pat Bev. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that guy, that guy right there, man, Patrick. Yo, first week of the NBA season, seamless transition. You know what? As a person for, from that era, I'm, I'm gonna sound like an old head. I appreciated what he did. You know, Lonzo Ball, a lot of hype. You know, young guy coming into the league, Los Angeles Laker. That was a tone setter, in my opinion. Yeah. Fat. Big tone setter. It was. You know, I'm not mad at anything he did. What I'm mad about, actually, is the fact that they made it seem like he was herbing Lonzo. Lonzo yeah. was the one who initiated the first contact. He gave him a little shove, which yeah. led to everything else. You know, Lonzo wasn't getting punked out there. He was... I think he got sunned more than he got punked. I mean, he got punked a little, punked? though. I mean, the the one play when he came down the court, mm -hmm. he he was all up on him, I think, yeah. when he was inbounding the ball, Brooke yeah. Lopez. He got to half court, then he bumped him, and then he fell. Yeah, all right. That one... What is he going to do, fight him? You know, <laughs> he's a rookie. But listen, but you can say that um, I actually like that out of Lonzo. I liked how he handled himself exactly. in the situation. I love Crossed him after that. You got yeah. a little foul, you know. He got a little foul, then a little bit after that, he had that one only bucket, that yeah. one only three. But yeah. I love his poise as a point guard. I noticed that as a young point guard, I love his poise. I love how he manages the game at a, at his pace. Where does that come from, though? Like at nineteen, it'd I be think that that's instincts. That has to be instincts. That's a gift. Yeah. I don't think I was that relaxed at nineteen. I might want no to way. fight Patrick Beverly at nineteen for no getting way. crazy. Everyone is like, like a De'Aaron Fox at nineteen. You know, they just like that. I'm surprised. Ready to go. You know, um, the reaction to that. You know, the fact that first game, media overreaction, fan oh, overreaction, ridiculous. You know, they called him a bust after one night. One night. Then the next night, near triple double. Two days later, near triple double. We're not gonna focus on the performance. I wanted your take on the overreactions. How do you deal with that? As if I'm a player or as a fan, like how do you deal with the people overreact, the media and the fans overreacting? Man, those kind of things grind my gears, to okay. be honest, man. It it really makes me cringe because and then especially on Twitter, as you know how oh. we are on Twitter a lot, talking to these Shout out to the thread. <laughs> Shout out to the thread. <laughs> talking to not the thread, but other people, these yes. fake uh, sports analysts. Well, everyone thinks they're a genius these, <laughs> these days. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. But I ain't naming no names, but you know who you are. Yeah. Everyone loves to throw their credentials around. Yes, they do. Like <laughs> loves to throw their credentials around. But Come on, son. <laughs> but what do you think about it? The re overre and it's the negative overreaction yeah. is what I have a problem with. If it was positive reaction, then I would be okay with it. Does it? But the negative reaction, it seems more like hate to me. And you yeah. mostly every time it's a negative comment towards Lonzo Ball, it's really directed toward his father. Yeah. So that's my issue with it. If that's Lavar, he's doing what he has to do for his family, for his son. Sometimes he is a little over the top. I may agree at times, but I still think he has created the brand that is Big Baller Absolutely. brand. Absolutely. He's created that created it out of nothing. I'll say and that. that's commendable. 
Laval Ball has made Lonzo Ball one of the NBA's biggest attractions. A household name already. Three games as a pro on ESPN twice. How can you hate on that? Oh, you well, know. you can't hate on that. <laughs> you know. That's true. You know what I mean? But it's annoying because they called him a bust, right? And then when he does what he does the following night, those same people can't be found. Oh, it's just two games. Oh, it's just the Suns. Bro, like, come on. Like, they're still NBA players. NBA players, NBA team. You can't, you can't pick and choose how if you're gonna hate, hate hard. Don't don't half-ass the hate. Yeah. Go all the way. I agree. You know? Another thing, I saw something that I was like, yo, I gotta ask you about this. One of the NBA groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Three games into the season, Golden State's one and two. My, my man, I forget his name. I wouldn't even say the name on this show. Uh-huh. Says that the league figured out Golden State after three games in this season. Oh, man. He, they've been figured out. They're done. They're toast. Justin they're Lee. done. They're toast? They're toast. What is your thoughts on uh-huh. that Facebook post? And you know me. I'm a Golden State Warriors hater. Absolutely. Let's get, let's get that. You're consistent in that, so I have I'm to respect Very it. consistent in that. Mm-hmm. But I know basketball, and we know how basketball is supposed to be played. Right. And... I feel like they definitely haven't figured out. I just think they have a little bit of a championship uh, post, uh, what do you call it, post syndrome. Championship hangover, there you go. I think right now they weren't as focused as they should have been to start the season. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they could relax. They they felt like they could relax and just solely rely on their talent for the first couple of games. But all in all, it's still three games, and they're still working out the kinks. I think more or less when I look at Cleveland, I look at the Warriors, those two teams being that they've done this three consecutive, maybe four. Yeah. I think they've understood that energy usage is a key component. Yeah. This NBA season is really now a marathon. It is. You know what I mean? Why do I need to go hard the first week of the season? Golden State learned the hallway with that 73 win season. It marathon, takes a not lot. a sprint. Right. It does. So w- if we have to not overexert ourselves and take a loss in, a, say, a Memphis, we're going to take the L, whatever. We still yeah. gonna win about sixty games. I mean, they weren't really focused in that game yeah. against Memphis. Let's be real; they yeah. really weren't focused. I mean, they're still working out the early kinks. They have right. their offense down packed. They they have the rare ability to be able to turn on the switch yes. when it counts. So they do get up for big teams. You see how they were able to blow out the Rockets in the beginning, but the Rockets came back. True. That's because Draymond Green was out a little bit, and they just got on a nice spur. Eric Gordon was giving buckets. And that these night. things got that could happen any night. Like, that could happen any night. You know what I mean? Houston then, Rockets are a high-powered offense. That's that I've been telling you since CP went there. That's True. the team I'm looking at. Yeah. You know, I, I've been already arguing, oh, they don't do this, they don't do that. I said, listen, Chris Paul and James Harden are going to be a pain. Oh, you know how I feel about that. I, I think that's going to be the first hand of the first backcourt of all time to average double-digit assists this hey, season. And look, I don't. A part, a part of me thinks that they're playing the long game with CP. Like, yeah. Yo, you got this knee prop sitting yeah. down. I feel like it's a minor injury, yeah. but they're sitting Sit them out. Which, we don't need you right now. Yeah. We can score, outscore everybody and win games. And in that D'Antoni seven seconds or less high-powered offense, that will put strain on that knee. If it's already bruised, you don't want to put extra strain on it. You'd exactly. rather, rather at 100% heal, exactly. get ready to go. Harden can of, take over. You think about the fact that D'Antoni likes to play these short rotations anyway. You don't want to yeah. run CP into the ground. That's my problem with D'Antoni, though. He Seven really got to play at least. Play nine. What are you doing? Play nine or ten. It's the regular season. Exactly. You the way you, the pace you're playing is not set up for a short road. That's like hustling backwards to me. Let's play fast to have a short bench. What, what are we doing? I don't understand. You know what I mean? I never understood that. Well, let, let's shift gears. Expectations. You know, the season has begun. We're in week two as we speak. Uh, in terms of all the moves that were made. You know, a lot of teams bolstered their rosters. A lot of teams are aiming for a championship. A lot of organizations are shooting their shot before players leave town. 
do you think that the competitive level of the league will be higher this year as opposed to last year when everybody was complaining about how watered down it was? You know, when you gave me that question, I actually struggled with that because I was a little bit conflicted. At first, I thought along the lines of the quality of play might be lower because okay. I felt like people or players weren't taking a regular season as serious as it should be. Okay. But then again, I thought about it, and I actually think the level of play will be higher this year because I think the level of competition has risen in the league. Right. And I feel like at this time right now, even though there's not a lot there's not a lot of parity in the league. Mm -hmm. Competition is at an all-time high. That's what it's looking like. like so far, man. Yeah. Like, like, guys are fiery right they're now. They're very fiery. I said um, in my last episode that one of my takeaways from opening week was that emotions are real high yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. For some reason, this season, emotions are extremely high. These dudes are in their feelings. There's a lot of scuffles, a lot of hold me backs. Yeah. A lot Mario of Chalmers in, Chalmers in, 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 in the heart. bed. I'm like, wait a minute. That's square a, up? That didn't look like an NBA <laughs> movement. Like, when he, when he tried to get up and hard and push them back down, that's a street move. That was a Compton square up. <laughs> that was a Compton square up. I gotta give Carden some love right there. Yo, cause you gotta be ready. Too many times in NBA fights, the dude who didn't have his hands up got cooked up. Oh, Shout out yeah. to Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Childs caught him with his hands down. Two piece. <laughs> Two piece, no biscuit. You know? But you know, I agree with you. I think that the, the competition level, the competitive level, the, 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 uh, the tenacity. Is gonna be something to watch. Yeah. And some of these guys' performances, it looks like they're already in midseason form. Like, yeah. I said to Kumpo, cook it. Honest. Both bigs in New Orleans, cook it. They're not waiting for, for November and December to get into their group. People are trying to get their numbers this year. They're getting their numbers up. People are getting their numbers. You know what I mean? I'm looking out east, D'Angelo Russell looking like a, a decent pro for a He's change. Looking very nice. You know, I might have to pull up to the Barclays Center. Oh, you know? Yes. You know? He's out yeah, tonight, by the way. Injury. But, I, you know, again, I think a lot of what we're going to see now is them finessing this new rule yeah. about, you know, rest. Yeah. You know, it's a long season. Guys are going to sit down. I wanted to ask you as we talk about this, the reaction to this whole new schedule and the rest issue as fans calling these players soft. Yeah. I haven't heard you say that yourself or have really a, much of a reaction to it one way or the other. How do you yeah. feel about this whole new schedule and players resting or finessing it to get rest and all of that? I mean, honestly, I didn't really care about it too much. It right. didn't really affect me too much. I'm all about quality of play, and I would yeah. rather the stars playing when they need to be when they need to be playing in the postseason and also in the regular season. I actually agree with I, I believe it was Stephen A. Somebody who said he doesn't like when stars rest in away games right. when they only go to that conference one time a year. I, okay. I agree with him. On so that if as LeBron well. is say, for instance, going to Sacramento, that's the only time they get to see you once a year. So you might as well try to play, even if you're not fully healthy. If you can get out there, get out there. Give the fans at least a show. Because you remember, we always talk about Michael Jordan. He always wanted to give the fans a show every night, this no matter true. what. He always, I remember his quote, he used to say all the time that um, he never wanted to cheat the fans out of seeing him play or something like Shouldn't. that. Shouldn't. We paid to come. It's the, yeah. It ain't like it's free admission. He never wanted to let a fan down by not right. playing a game where he felt like he could have. This is my man. And that's the thing when Stephen A said it, I'm like, they have 41 chances at home, you know? Yeah. And the resale game is so is so potent that you can flip your ticket right now. But if I, if you're going to a city, maybe like Western Conference, if you're an Eastern Conference player, you're going there once. Yeah. You got to play. If the NBA setting up all this these TV contracts, which affect the salaries, these guys are getting the biggest contracts ever because of the TV deal. 
You can't sit out a marquee Saturday night ESPN or ABC Those games. games, they can't sit you can't, out. But then they do it. That was terrible. I you really know? hated that last year. And I year. feel like you turn off your fan, your fan base when they see the contracts you're getting. They want to watch you play. Because Saturday night, remember NBA's position Saturday night at ABC as kind of like their marquee matchup. And now you want to sit out? Like, I remember when LeBron and them pulled out last year. They sat out the Clipper game, which was the actual marquee game of the mm-hmm. weekend, but then played the Lakers when it wasn't on TV. You got to play the TV game. Yep. You know? That's true. But I think this longer season, this year, is more like a test run. I think next year we'll get a better idea mm-hmm. of how the league is going to play and how players are going to adjust their routine to that. Yeah. You know? Another thing that I noticed that, you know, I'm, I'm a LeBron basher. <laughs> it is what it is. That's I wanted true. to ask you your opinion. Like, he doesn't look as springy this year. He looks more like he's lumbering on the court. Am I am I imagining that, or is is he starting to look his age a little bit? I no- I noticed that too a little bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to believe it. He looks a slight step yeah. slow, but I think I don't know if it's by design. Okay, maybe. You know LeBron does like to coast during a regular this season. Is true. He does like to coast, but, but it's something about this the speed and and it doesn't I don't look know. as springy this year. Right, dude. right. You're right. It doesn't is. look as springy as bouncy. There's not an extra bounce in the step when there should be. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of a big year for LeBron. It's a mega year for Every LeBron. Every year is a massive year. Every year is a massive year, but I feel like this year is a heightened level of importance this year because of all the offseason drama that's been surrounding him yeah. and the Cavs with Kyrie, him getting IT, his uncertainty and free agency. Right. His boy coming back to town, D right. Wade, trying to resurrect the careers of D Rose and all of those boys. It's over a lot there. going on in Cleveland. It's a lot going on in Cleveland. I have so many thoughts about Cleveland, man. There's <laughs> a lot going on. You know what it is, man? One of the reasons that I've been like before the Gordon Hayward injury, I, I was leaning towards Boston was because I you felt very still, high on Boston. I was very high on Boston. Yo, I'm going to keep it a stat. When I saw that injury, bro. I got so mad. Like, yeah. that blew my move. I'm, like, the saltiness level was <laughs> at an all-time high. For the rest. Not, even though the game got closer, I, I turned the game off for, like, the first yeah. half. I was mad. I was tight. Then I came back in the second half. But I'm like, yo, that, there it goes. But part of the reason why I was liking Boston, that I didn't put on wax and I was saving it in the clip for later, mm-hmm. was the fact that I felt like Cleveland kind of used up LeBron last year. And I felt like this year, it might catch up to him. And, like, so far watching him and how he's moving, I'm like, did we see, did he use the last of that extra boost, that Nas tank last season? Because it's like, he looks more like a fullback to me now as opposed to that springy running back. I'll come back to it and I'll come back, I'll ask you again, maybe around December, January, mid-season time if it looks the same or if I'm tripping. But right now I'm concerned about LeBron. You know, who I think whose problem that is Mm -hmm. or who created that problem is Ty Lue. Agreed. I have a big issue with Ty Lue and his rotations. Yeah. Now, when you what look at the yeah, what rotations <laughs> exactly? You look at the Cavs right now; they're ten, eleven deep, easily ten, mm-hmm. eleven deep. Ty Lue, I noticed that his rotations are about the worst in the league, right up there with Doc Rivers. He also has some terrible rotations. Agreed. And first of all, LeBron right now shouldn't be playing forty or forty-one minutes a night. He should not be playing LeBron that many minutes. Be like playing thirty-four minutes. A yeah, night. chop him down to thirty-four, especially mm-hmm. if you're ten, eleven deep. Yeah. Give those boys some run, mix and match those lineups. I understand you have a little bit of injuries right now going on. But they gave D-Wade the Lifetime Achievement Award, started him <laughs> first three games. They came, on, <laughs> they came to their senses, yep. started J.R. Smith, which was, which was the right move. So now hopefully this can help out Ty Lue and show up those rotations for him and bring D-Wade off the bench properly. And I believe 
one of my predictions, my bold predictions for the season was that D. Rose was going to play so well that IT might have to come off the bench when he comes back. And that was another injury, D. Rose. But you you were looking right about that. Those I first was. few games. D. Rose looked like he has new life. He does. I was like, he's hungry this year. From the last year with Chicago, last year with Bozo Nation, the Knicks, and, and now Cleveland looks like his athleticism, his legs has been treading upward. Yeah, you he know? feels disrespected. Yeah, he should. He could. He should, though. He got a journeyman contract. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you know? was it for the veterans minimum? Yes. Wow. He got a journeyman deal. That's very disrespectful. It is. That is the MVP. Former MVP. I don't even think he's bad. I feel as though he's just not in a situation to be utilized correctly. Cleveland, Cleveland? however, oh. now, but the t- two years prior, yeah. no. And I think if he leaves Cleveland and goes somewhere else, I still think he should go to San Antonio. I think he could go right into the TP role. That's where I wanted Popovich him to go. And, and cook over there, mid-range game. easily be a, easily. A, a better TP. Yeah, they got the shooters, More and athletic. they have Kawhi Leonard to make life easy for you. Yeah. You can average about 19-6 and six and be fine. Tony Parker flourished in that system yes. as a slashing point guard who didn't have a jump shot his first couple of years Absolutely. in the league. D-Rose is the same type of mold. He struggles with a jump shot, and he's actually been getting a jump shot yeah, this low year. Key. Low key. Low key, he's been hit. The narrative says otherwise, but we know what we see. Yeah, you know, D Rose is hungry this year. Shout out to him, man. I hope he earns that money. All right, so let's let's take it off the court for a second. You know, the last episode when you came on, we was we, we wasn't as basketball heavy. We was talking race and basketball. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to go heavy basketball with this, but I gotta take it to race quickly. Everything we see happening with the NFL protest this, trump that, so on and so forth. Do you see that leaking its way into the NBA at all? For me, like I'm I don't I think the NBA like operates in its own universe when it comes to these kind of issues. But I was wondering like what do you think about that? Do you believe that this could be something that becomes national news the way it has taken over the NFL season? I don't think so. No. I don't think it could infiltrate the NBA like that. And sure. the reason why I think it can't is because the NBA, for not for some reason, the NBA has clear-cut player leaders. True. And when I say player leaders, you know what I'm talking about. We're yeah. talking about LeBron. We're talking about CP3, D-Wade, those kind of those kind of dudes. Melo, certain guys like that, they command a certain level of respect. Yes. So if they feel like a move that the players are making as a whole is a detriment to the players' union or player rights or terrible news coverage or light on them, they will put a stop to that. This is true. I feel like they would act in unison with the rest of the players, even yep. though they may be rivals on the court. They know on the business side of things, they're all one. And they do look out, and Chris Paul and LeBron James and all of those boys, they do look out for the younger players, and they do look out for the veterans on the come up because negotiating the CBA. This is true. So I don't feel like any of those political issues could infiltrate the NBA. And also, the NBA is... Not as strict as the NFL. You know what it is, Just I, I, When I look at the NBA, you know, the, the owners and the players, it's it's like more of a partnership. Yeah. The NFL, I to agree. me, you know, it, it, that's the closest thing to what the construct of slavery was. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's like, yes, sir, no, sir. I agree. And then, you know, I might get in trouble for this, but I think, like, the NFL... Because it's, it's so deep-rooted in the South, yeah, and a lot of the constructs of the South and a lot of the money men come from the South, they can't shake Many it. players are from the South. Yeah, and and part of that stigma is, is what it is. And then you look at the money situation, LeBron James is going to get a big contract. The yeah. elite of the elite are black men getting this paper. Yes. The elite of the elite of the NFL are the white dudes playing quarterback position. 
So it's like you still can't even get to the bag. The Those way. are the stars that they market. Exactly. Those are the stars that they profit from. You know, and I appreciate the NBA for that, giving these oh, guys yeah. that platform. These guys, I think the NBA doesn't get enough credit for the camaraderie. Even when dudes have beef, yes. whatever the case may be, that yes. union comes together and they fight for what they need to get. Yes. And you know what? I don't expect it to, but I did raise an eyebrow in the commission and was like, everybody needs to stand. I, I personally yeah. didn't like him jumping in on that. Yeah. Did you feel any way about that at all? I did at first, okay. but then I'm trying to give Adam Silver the benefit of the doubt because he has been pretty good so far right. as a commission in the league. He has pretty much been on the player side for the most part or trying to listen to the players' gripes on any complaints that they may have, and he's mm -hmm. trying to alter it and change it as a draft lottery, things like mm -hmm. that. So I do appreciate that. I didn't necessarily like that he said that, right? but I feel like he just had to say that at the moment. Right, At right. the moment, to save face. But, you know what it is? Yeah. I felt as though he did what Goodell should have done. Yeah. Do what's best for business. Of Get course. out in front of this right now, nip it in the bud, deal with the pushback, and because of the relationship you have with the players, Instead of them running to a microphone, they probably hit him on call the office direct. They I if anything, they probably spoke about it before he made that announcement. Yeah. You know what and I mean? with all that being said, the NBA does actually give their players a lot of leeway yes. to express themselves. Absolutely. So I give them a lot of credit there. Absolutely. The NBA does market their stars and put their stars on the forefront mm -hmm. as opposed to the NFL kind of marketing the NFL as a whole. Right. The NBA markets their stars and then in turn it markets the whole entire That's a NBA. better business model. The stars bring in the people who exactly. want to watch these games. It's more of a face to face interaction with the NBA because exactly. they can see their players. They can right. communicate with them. Right. As we've been seeing this year. You know, like you, you you like you market this is the thing about the NFL is so funny. They'll market let's say an Odell Beckham. Yeah. But then as soon as Odell gets too big they want to chop him down. Yep. Like so what did you market him for? Like what did you do that? You like, praise him for his personality right. but then you want to chop him down when he shows that personality. What part of the game is that? Come on, son. Um, real quick. Um, the adjustment to the draft lottery. Everybody, the top three teams have an equal opportunity to get in the draft. I'm of the belief that the draft lottery shouldn't even exist. I think that <laughs> the worst. I think the worst team should just get the top draft picks, and then we go in order from that. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't care for this lottery. I might be in the minority with that, but I just never cared for it. Me like neither. if I'm losing, why should I get the seventh pick in the draft because the lottery says so? Um. Draft lottery, everybody equal opportunity. Just you like this idea, or, or you like you know worst record gets the first pick. Honestly, I don't even care. Okay, I really don't even care. Those, I respect that. Those, <laughs> to me, I really had no reaction to that. To be quite honest, right. I mean because they are the bottom three teams at the end of the day. I mean True. I know they're trying to solve the taking issue, but I still think people are gonna tank anyway. They're gonna find a way around the rule. Yeah. Anyways, so those bottom three teams are bottom feeders anyway, and it was honestly, it still always was a toss up or a chance with those ping pong balls. What I think that they're lending themselves to is the uh, like player manipulation, like like these draft picks. I right, since you can't tank anymore, I'm just not gonna go there. Don't draft me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like now it's gonna be situations where it's gonna kind of be like what the college recruiting game is. I right, under the table, we gonna draft you. You want to uh, come think here? So? I, yeah. There's always a That's way a around. That's a big risk. There's always a way around. Yeah. Because to me, I feel like this tempering all around. Though. Absolutely, no matter what, they just when don't it, say anything. When about Indiana's it. GM did it, that was sour grapes reporting that. That's that all it so was. So sour. You know what I mean? All right, let's right, let, let, let's get back on the court. You know, I wanted to just get that in because of, like I, I trust your opinion with certain things. Um, basketball wise, I wanted to ask you a question that might be viewed as disrespectful, but you're a thoughtful guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Who is more important to their team? Keyword, important. Not who's better, not who's great, not okay. none of that. Keyword. Who's more important to their team? 
Chris Paul on the Rockets or a person you love to death? Draymond Green on the Golden State Warriors. Why you had to do me Come like on, that? Son. Come on, baby. <laughs> Come on. Why you had to do I me like to, that? Man. I'm putting you in the hot seat. Who's more important <laughs> to their current team? Right. Well, basketball-wise, of course, we got to go Draymond right mm-hmm. now. Draymond is the glue that holds the Golden State Warriors together. He's the one who does allow Steph Curry to basically be a two-guard. Right. But play the one. Clay Thompson to get his nice, easy shots. KD to get his nice, easy isolation post-ups. Nice, easy transition threes. And he does a lot, He does put everyone in their most comfortable spot. Okay. So, of course, I feel like he is more important to his team. Right. He's definitely not the better player. No. Let's get that clear. Absolutely not. But he is more important to his team. And Chris Paul is still working out the Kings, trying to find his way, which I still think it will work gracefully mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. there in Houston. You know, like, this is a two-part reasoning for why I asked you that question. <laughs> yeah, to one, do me like one, that, man. One, I just wanted to hear you say something good about Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> that is very rare. That would never happen again. And secondly, it came to me when I watched the first game. How essentially things fell apart for Golden State as soon as Draymond got hurt. Oh yeah, Chris Paul didn't finish the game, and Houston still found a way to win. True. So I'm like, wow, a little dichotomy here. Draymond is like, as much as people don't like the guy, you know, karate kick himself, mm-hmm. and all the talent of uh, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph, KD. You take one guy who most say doesn't have that much talent off the team, yeah. and it all goes to hell. That's true. You know what I mean? Now the basketball question I have for you, you know, basketball nerd time. <laughs> um, you watching the game. Yeah. You're looking at a shooter. Pure shooters, like a Bradley Bill. I just throw a name out there just to get people an idea where we're going with it. Okay. When you see a shooter open, what are you looking at that leads you to believe, like in his form, that leads you to believe like this shot is wet or a shot is off? As a viewer or as, as the a actual viewer, as, shooter? As, as a, but I, you know what? Since you play, both. Yeah. Viewer first. Like, when are you looking at in his phone that tells you if this shot is wet or not? I'm going to have to go with the flick of the wrist. Okay. I'm going to have to go with the flick of the wrist. Be- because you can have a bad form, but it's still a nice flick on the wrist. Right. And as long as you have that ball rotation right. heading over to the rim, more times than not, okay. it okay. should be on his way in. Okay. Yeah. For me... Weirdly, that's I thought of it again. Like I was thinking about the episode, I was like, "These are questions that I would ask yeah, you." I definitely had to think about that. You know, one. when I look at a shooter, weirdly, I look at his feet. A lot of times, ah. like the elite shooters, and I feel like if an elite shooter's feet is set, it's automatic. That's that's me. You know what I mean? But if you're playing, it's the same thing. If you feel like you got a good flick of the wrist and the rotation is there, you feel yeah. good about the shot. But also underrated, also as a shooter. Mm-hmm. The calves are one of your most important ah, attributes to being a shooter. Yes. Because as a shooter, you're yes. shooting from long distance many of the times, and your calves have to be on point. If you looked at one of my favorite players, Ray Allen, calves were always tremendous. Oh, his calves looked like they were drawing. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, they were always tremendous. So I think that's probably the main physical yeah. skill set you have to have. Yeah. Because you are shooting a lot of long jumpers, especially if you're practicing on jumping, you're probably shooting 1,000, 2,000 of those a day. This is true. This is true. In practice and game. Another thing that was underrated about Ray Allen that nobody really talks about is the fact that Ray Allen was an athletic guard. Very. He made himself Very. a shooter. And people don't understand, like, he used to get a lot of lift. He he circumvented his athleticism at the ring and put it into his shot. The lift. He was not a flat-footed shooter. He got up 
for that shot. Yes. That's why he was able to shoot over and so he many He jumps people. up straight yes. when he shoots. Bro. He doesn't lean over when he shoots. It's straight up. Straight straight up and over. You people know what I mean? Yeah, he was in a dunk contest, too. People forget. He used to throw it on people. Throw it. Like, like if I talk bad about Ray Allen, it's just to upset a Ray Allen fan. Yeah. You know? But that boy is so grossly underrated these Very. days. You know I argue with people to the death about Ray Allen. Always. I feel like only like the true fans knew what Ray Allen was doing. Yeah. So Seattle, man. Ray Allen, Milwaukee Ray Allen, monster. Man, humble superstar, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we talked about this off the air. You know. It's something that I was I I'm a, you know, I like to let people in. I was gonna give it to you for above the rim. I'm like, nah, he got the crossover second. So I said, I can't give him this one. I'm gonna keep this one for when he comes to my show. Yeah, man. The barbershop. When, when there's many a times, especially in New York City, you go to the shop. You'll be waiting two hours for a cut, and in them two hours, we are talking about everything NBA related. <laughs> now, football don't even get in the shop like that, yeah. but basketball year round gets oh, yeah. discussed in the shop. And there's players there that you can't mention without the whole shop looking at you crazy. You know he's not as good as they say he is, but he is valid in the barbershop. Allen Iverson, to me, is the most untouchable barbershop player ever. Oh, Him and that. Jordan. You can't say a word about those guys in the shop without people looking at you like you're bugging out. So I wanted to ask you, like, who was a player in your experience that you felt was like, all right, he's good, but these dudes is really bugging right now. Why is he just valid in the shop, bro? Man. Job, I really had to think yes. hard about this one. Remember, I texted you on this and said, <laughs> yes, man, I'm having some trouble yes, on did. this one. I really had to think. But who I did come up with, mm-hmm. and this is around a particular time. Okay. Me being in the barbershop, I do remember this. I'm going to have to go with Amari Sotomayor. Yeah! <laughs> I knew you would come up with one. I had to go with Amari Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. Listen, when Amari came to New York, you couldn't tell a barber giving a shape up, lineup, tape whatever you giving. A baldy, a Zeke, whatever you're giving. Amari was the man at that time to them. They thought that he was going to revitalize this Yo, franchise. It was so much championship Bring him to the talk. finals. Championship or bust because we got Amare. He was going to bring the next star and it was going to compete with the Heat. Uh, to Come me, on, to me, Amari was simply a product mm-hmm. of the system. Oh, yeah. Product of the system and a product of personnel. Oh, yeah. When I say personnel, you know, we're talking about a two time MVP, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. One of the greatest point guards, one of the best passes. One of the best orchestrators. underrate what attention does. If you're yeah. a guard and you draw a lot of attention and you have a semi-skilled big, that big is going to look like a monster. Exactly. And and when you think about this, with uh, with Steve Nash running the show and Dan mm-hmm. Tony calling that in that seven seconds or less offense, mm-hmm. how was it? It was very hard for Amari Sotomayor to fail. Exactly. In that offense, how hard was it to fail being as a being as a power, power forward? True indeed. A power, power forward. And um, he thrives in those pick-and-roll sets, his explosive athleticism. More often than not, he was attacking the basket attacking on a roll. Basket. You know? When he got to the Knicks, all right, let's, let, I'm going to be fair. He yeah. started off well. But I think, again... That 30 games that he had? He was averaging like 29. He was. To be fair. But he was in the similar system that benefits from point guards. And I don't know what was what Who got was in the point guard? Felton Ray at that Felton. Time? Yeah. Shoot him up, Ray Felton. He Bigums. Was, <laughs> 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 I felt like... This dude, that basically known the system, and Ray Felton having the best year of his career yeah. prior to Melo pulling up, 
he benefited from that. But to your point, it came crashing down almost instantly. He couldn't yeah. sustain it. To me, like he's never been someone you could depend on. Because he has no moves. no moves. He has no pulse moves. He had that little baby spin that he used to throw around from time to time. That disappeared in the playoffs. That disappeared in the playoffs. But you can never throw it to him on the block mm-hmm. and call that barbecue chicken. Uh, you couldn't do that with Amari. Not at all. He you had to set a high pick and roll screen. He had to roll. Or he'll hit that 15-footer from time to time. I'll give him a little bit of mm-hmm. credit. From time mm-hmm. to time, he actually learned that. But he really had no moves. And he wasn't a great defender. Yo, there was a dude in my shot, man. Named Rob. When they got Amari. Oh my God. Next this, next that. Playoffs. <sighs> LeBron, watch out. We it getting mellow. Me, mellow is next. Ray, Ray, Ray. We on deck. Be honest. When they got mellow, when Knicks got mellow, did you think that parent would work? Take him to the title? Uh, when they first got here, by name. Because I got a lot of love for Melo. Me too. I love Melo. I hated Mello. the fact that he had to put that jersey. <laughs> but we, you know, stink of Nick. Stink of Nick. You know it. The thing is, though, I watched that game. Yeah. I was hype. I'm coming home. I was. Yo, oh I don't even, man! Listen, I'm coming home. Listen to me. <laughs> what? I, at the, I, honestly, I don't think they were gonna beat Miami. But I really believed that we were in for some dog fights. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought we had a chance with them. What gave them a, a, a fighter's chance to play with the better teams. Right. Not necessarily getting to any finals or okay. anything like that. Okay. I meant it made them more competitive right. I mean, in those kind of games, those marquee games. And, and then they had Chauncey. We spoke about this. Yeah. And I felt as though that game was a Sunday night at ESPN. They flexed it into that Sunday night game. Chauncey hit a big time three point. I said, this yeah. team is going to make it interesting. Yeah. I think the worst thing that the Knicks did was let Chauncey go to go bring in Tyson Chandler. I never understood that. That was a mistake. I never understood. You traded your whole squad to get this guy. Then a key component, you let walk. You know what I mean? So, but to answer your question, I thought they had a chance to be next to Boston as a team that could be in pain. We would get some of those classic Eastern Conference mm-hmm. playoff series. Miami would prevail, but it would be interesting. And, be competitive. And, yeah, and then, like, Melo being who he was going up against LeBron many times, it was like you had a puncher's chance yeah. at the very least. LeBron had to play some defense in those games. Yeah, but it's a two-way street with this barbershop thing. You know, I thought about it, and I was going to go old school. But then I was like, justice coming on. <laughs> so I was like, I was going to go new school, you know, because I, I'm the bad guy. I'm the heel. <laughs> I'm going to pick Paul George as my barbershop oh, no, pick. you did. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> no, you didn't, man. Oh, I want to get out of here right now. <laughs> hey, you know yeah. what? You know what it is about, and it's not even that. I don't think I think Paul George is very good. I look forward to him wearing a Laker uniform next season. I'm fully vested in that. You better I, get ready for that. I just don't believe that he's this Teflon guy that a lot of y'all think that he is. Teflon I, is strong. Though. You know, I feel like he gets rated so highly, and I'm like, bro, he was in the Eastern Conference on an eight-seeded team. So what? Average of 23 a night with nobody to defer to while dudes is in the West playing better competition, killing. But is that his fault? Yes. How was that his fault of it's way he's too, playing? You know why? Because it was too many nights he was comfortable just chilling. Why are you standing up when Braun pull up, but when you're not playing against Braun, eight and nine? Like, come on, PG. Scattered games, come though, on, here and PG. there. PG. You got to bring it every night. 
You can't be a superstar the highest order taking random Tuesdays off. You got to cook every night. I mean, but that's a lot of stars that do that. You though. right. You right. But so, Paul George gets all right, rated so top Let me 10. ask you, what does Paul George not do well in your mind? You know what it is? When it comes to playing the game of basketball, he does everything well. Okay. He does everything well. What I don't like about figure it out here. What I don't like about him is the tenacity. Mm. But you he, don't feel like he's aggressive enough? Yeah. And this is mm. you know what it is? And you know what? Again, because I'm all about transparency. I'm a Kobe guy. I want to see a dude that like Paul George go blood every night. Cause he's nicer than a lot of these dudes. It's a lot of skill. A lot of skill. But it's like you can't you can't just pick and choose when you want to who, bro. That bothers me. I mean, I think, I but do, he does get up for those big marquee games against marquee matchups. Right, you can't let a team like me, right, Giannis can play. Yeah. PG been cooking. Yeah. To me, he has the, the skill level to, to, to have an Indiana at the time at least be a four or five seed. He's that good to me. But he did get them to the Eastern Conference Finals. But look at the squad he had. David West was cooking. You had Born Ready. Yeah. You, you had Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, but you those weren't stars. They, but he had a lot. They were nice role plays, and he took that team to the Eastern Conference. Sure, went toe to toe with he the did. King. He did. He did. Because I feel he, like that's nothing because to he stands at. up for LeBron. But when you're playing Joe Schmo in Philly, yo, thirty-five and nine, brother, it's in you. My issue with him is the fact that I just feel as though he can be even better than what he is. I'm not willing to give him that type of credit until I see you do it. I'll give you my issue with Paul okay. George. My issue with I do, I love his game. I think he's top 10 talent in the league. He's a monster. Top 10. When he, like, this dude could do 40 in the sleep when yeah. he feels like it. My issue with Paul George is his leadership. Yes. I don't think that he's a great leader. And I do have to pull his card. I didn't like that last season. That CJ Miles papers. move. Like, that yeah. CJ Miles move. That was a soft move. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to go call him out like that in media and say, I got to get that shot. We know you're supposed to get that shot, but don't call out your teammates like that. We already knew he was checked out anyway. Right. You didn't even take the best route to the ball, PJ, if you want to talk about it. Exactly. That shows a lot of immaturity. And we know he's immature because of his baby mother, Mm. that kind of stuff. So PG has been wilding all over the place. So we can already see him being immature on the court and off the court at times. So that's my issue with PG. But talent-wise, he's there. I think he's there. But I think he needs another leader with him on Mm -hmm. the team in order for him to fully succeed. So let me ask you this. Totally unrelated, but related. Yeah. Do you think a poor George next to LeBron makes sense? Does, in your eyes, could that work? I really don't like that pairing, to be honest. I don't either, to be honest. Are you going to put LeBron at the four, I'm assuming? We're like, right. Like, I think the idea would be you put LeBron at the three and PG plays at two. I don't like PG at the two. I like him at the three. My man. Because then if you, keep him at, if you put him at the three, at the two, you can have a knockdown shooter. This is true. Which would allow him to aggressively drop to the basket, which will allow LeBron, if you get him, to aggressively drop to the basket. But I don't see LeBron going to the Lakers anyway. I think realistically, it's PG-13 and DeMarcus Cousins. Realistically. That's, that's who I've been wanting. I'm surprised you want DeMarcus. I'm, I'm really shocked. I don't know. I, I got a thing for ornery guys. I'm ornery, yeah. so I, I could get with the... Can uh, he calm know? down in L.A.? He's kind of been calming down, you know? He's not been bugging like that. Has he? Like that little bit. A <laughs> little bit. I got those blinders that, on me. I, th- yeah, I do. But, you know, you, you get him <laughs> You get him to L.A., you get him with Magic. You get you get him with Lonzo, you know. I like him with Lonzo. I like any. I'm I'm overrated Lonzo already. <laughs> I, just, I already like, said the Lakers in the AC. I really man. jumped out the window. I I just like what he is as a point guard. Yeah. You know what it is like when I saw him in summer league. The thing that stood out to me was the fact that he's always looking ahead. 
those those four to, to five looks ahead that could create easy buckets. Yeah. It just it's, 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 it's what is the word I'm looking for? It's um contagious. Yeah. Because now you see guys like Larry Nance, unselfishness, KCP yeah. pushing the ball, or Ingram, they look for each other, and I think that that environment breeds winning. You know. And what Luke Walton is trying to do with the system that he's running, I think he just needs better players to run it. So you get yeah. you get a Paul George that finishes. In there. Right. Yeah. Get a Paul George they, in there. I Boogie. think Lonzo might he definitely could average double did a double Easy. digit assists right now if a lot of those Ingram passes were being finished. Right. Those Randall passes. Be, that, they weren't finishing those this plays. This is why like after the first game, knee jerk reaction, I'm like, Kuzma needs to be on the floor with him most of the time. Because Kuzma can finish space and he can finish. You know, we know what Brooke Lopez can do. He's, I call him a dinosaur, but he can finish as well. But if you add high-end talent who will space the floor and command attention, it makes Lonzo's ball, Lonzo Ball's job even easier. They have to let Lonzo cook, though. Yeah. They have to allow Lonzo to run that floor and to run that offense. Right. You notice that he's gotten really good at those uh, Kevin Love yeah. overhead, what do they call those overhead lob, those lob passes? Outlook those passes. Outlook passes, yeah. yeah. Those West Sun Cell type yeah. of joints. <laughs> You know He's what I mean? actually got really good with he that. He needs to work on this game, though. Like, and t- like to me, you got it. I know people have been saying it, but I'm already seeing it. That mid range, because once you come yeah. around that pick and that and that big sags, you got to hit that shot. Is it because of his form? Nah, I think the form talk is overrated. Mm. I don't think it's anything with the form. I just don't think he added certain things to his package. Like, he, I don't, I haven't seen really a floater. I don't really see that pull up like that. He like did that. have a little float in a, a couple in, in that something. Phoenix game. He was trying though. Yeah, but as a point guard, that should be one of the first things you true. have is the float. That should be standard. Exactly. That's true. You know what I mean? Well, I think we're gonna stop it here. Justin Lee, aka Just Blaze of Above the Rim. My I brother. appreciate you for coming on, man. You, this is exactly what I envisioned with this episode when I thought about it, the league office, you know what I mean? I wanted to bring above the rim to the great area as best as I possibly could, you know what I mean? So, that. real quick. Identify yourself to the world. Let them know where they can find you when your show comes on, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, well, you can find me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. Make sure you go check out Above the Rim podcast mm-hmm. each and every Tuesday for all your good NBA news. Mm-hmm. Not even news, good NBA talk, good NBA hoops talk. Every day. Special guests every week. Make sure y'all go find that. You know, already know that job is always on there. Hey, man. Welcome, friend of the show. You already know. Make sure y'all go check Everybody that out. Everybody can't come up here. Just, you Facts. bodied it. Bodied it. My brother, appreciate the invite, my man. It's always a pleasure. You already know. Until next time, as the saying goes. Whether you like it or don't like it. Sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.